Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the It's Called Soccer podcast. It has been a while since we've been with you. I am Tom. I am filling in for Jake as host today. I'd like to congratulate Jake and all of our best wishes to him. He just welcomed his first child into the world, a new baby boy. Uh, we're so excited for him. We're wishing all the best to Jake and his family as they start their adventure uh, with a son. Um, hopefully, we'll be back with him talking about some soccer soon. But until then, as always, I am joined by my co host Ellie. Ellie, it has been a hot minute since we recorded. Unexpectedly, we are in the same place to record a podcast today. How are you doing today? I want to check in. It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, pretty good. Pretty good. Glad you're home. I mean, it's nice to ha- be in the same place instead of seeing through recordings or like through phone calls and stuff. So um, nice to be back. Um, it's been a while. So excited to catch up on everything. I feel like it's been way too long since I have been fully invested in the world of soccer so or at least in the world of not lower league u.s soccer so i'm very excited to get back into the big the bigger leagues oh yeah we're gonna catch up on all the stuff you know it's been a while since all of us have been there um just a quick catch up with me you know grad classes have been crazy survived a car accident battling a concussion right now everything is fine but Man, it's been a lot the last few weeks. I've missed out on a lot of uh, Yanks Abroad action. I've missed out on a lot of Americans playing well. The start of MLS, we're going to try and catch up specifically on some Yanks Abroad. We haven't really done that in about three weeks, so we're going to get a chance to do some wraparound coverage of all of our U.S. players playing well abroad, catch all the highlights up. Then we're going to go through a building a roster for this twenty, you know, this next Nations League window, or 23, 2023 Nations League group stages end here in March Got a window coming up here in just a few weeks. We expect the roster this week. So let's go ahead and build that roster up and see who we want to represent the U.S. this month. Last but not least, let's go ahead and do a draft of power rankings for U.S. players abroad. Are you ready for all that? We're going to do it, and it's going to be fun. Let's go. All right. All right. Let's go ahead and dive in. I want to go ahead and start with some wraparound coverage. We'll go a little bit more in-depth than we usually do just because – It's been just so long since we have chatted. I think our last recording was somewhere around February 12th. Let's start in the English Premier League with Crystal Palace. Ellie, this has been a really disappointing place for us to start here in the Premier League. We have Chris Richards there with the Yanks, but he only has eight minutes since we last talked. He did come off the bench on on February 18th against Brentford, but that has been his only appearance. He's only been at the bench since then. He was on the bench today for a loss against Manchester City, but has not been back on the field. Injury happened, I think, right after being player of the month, but players got healthy around him. He's now fit, but not starting. What are you thinking about Chris Richards right now? It's not a positive place to be in, and you don't love to see it. Um, I mean, hopeful, I'm hopeful that he'll find his place again. He'll find his form, the players around him. He'll start to, to figure out ways to, to rise back up in the rankings and, and find that starting place. Um, but only time will tell at this point. Bet online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. 
make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your awards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. Uh, yeah, hopefully we get him on the field soon. Maybe we'll get a chance to get his, uh, get him playing well with U.S. camp. That'll get him another look. Chris Palace has not been in great form either, so maybe there's a change coming for Vieira where we get to see Richards on the field again. Let's go ahead and move to our three lads of Leeds. It's not been a fun time to be a Leeds supporter. It's called Soccer Discord, has a Leeds channel. It's been a very frustrating time for them to chat about Leeds soccer. Ellie, Tyler Adams, Weston McKenney, Brendan Aronson have all been playing for Leeds. We'll start with Tyler Adams. 90 minutes over their last six matches. Still a rocket in the midfield for that Leeds team. Absolutely. I mean, he is... Every single time I see anything out of him, it's just him being an engine, um, keeping everything moving. I mean, it. I don't think um, the where Leeds is in the table is any reflection on Tyler Adams. I think it's the system as a whole, and I think Tyler Adams, in fact, is keeping them from being bottom of the table right now. So you know, there's that. Leeds is in 19th place now. They did drop into the relegation zone today, despite getting a 2-2 draw with Brighton. We'll go now to Weston McKenney. Weston McKenney has become a fixture of this Leeds lineup since moving there in January. 458 minutes in the last six matches, 90 minutes in three of those matches. Today he came off the bench, but it sort of feels like mixed reviews from Leeds fans. Do you think it's just taking him some time to get integrated into the squad to adjust to the time in the Premier League? The Premier League is a pretty big physical league. I mean, I'd like to think so. Um, you you see so many players coming over, and they're these giant prospects, and everyone just expects them to hit the ground running. And, like, eight times out of ten, right, it just doesn't happen. It just takes a little bit of time. It's a completely different everything. It's a different team. It's a different place to live. It's a different, you know, system to fit into. It's a different whole everything. Everything is a complete adjustment. So you hope to see in a – just a, I mean, maybe this season is not his best season, but next season he comes back even better, even stronger, and it's completely different. So we'll see. He has hit the ground running, though, being in the squad that much, getting that many minutes oh, to yeah. start off. We love to see that. This promotion or this relegation fight is going to be tough on all three of our players. Last one is Brendan Aronson, who has sort of reintegrated himself into the squad. He had been pushed to the bench, struggled with form since the World Cup. Looks like he's brightened up a little bit. 288 minutes across the last six matches. Started today, put, put in a pretty good shift, had a few chances to score. He, today, I got to watch just the very end of the match and seeing his, and looking at highlights of him playing, and he's looking far more dangerous than than he had after the World Cup. So, excited to see where he goes from here. Yeah, no, it's, it's an exciting thing. We love to see him getting back to form. We know that he can play this well in the Premier League and maybe even raise his game a little bit. So, Leeds has been a struggle. We'll go to the other side of the table, though, where we have a team who is pushing for a spot in Europe in Fulham. We have two players there. We'll start with Tim Ream. Tim Ream is leading a Fulham team that have won three, drawn one, and lost one in their last five. Not their best stretch of five games, but they are still playing well. Ream continues to be a rock at the back for Fulham. He is just an anchor in that defense. Notably, though, this last game that they had against Brentford, it was a rough outing for Ream. He didn't have Polina ahead of him as a defensive midfielder. It looked like he struggled a little bit with that. Do you think that's a worry going forward? 
I hope not. And I, I would, I'd say no. Um, he's gone through a whole season. I think everyone is entitled to one poor performance. Um, you know, I don't think this is any reason to sound the alarms. Now, if we get two or three games in and it seems like it's, it's still an issue, then yeah, it's definitely time to start thinking about what Reem's best playing style is. If he's a system player, if he really needs, you know, a certain player in front of him to keep everything going or not. Um, but as of right now, I really do think that there's no reason to sound the alarms, no panic. Just give it time. It, everyone deserves a bad game or two. Before that, he had been putting in ML- or Premier League best 11 performances basically all season. He's been a revelation to watch. We have said so many good things about him in the podcast. You can never say enough good things about Tim Ream. We love to see it. Another player who's been an outstanding form for the last five matches is Anthony Robinson. Jedi has played, started the last five matches, even got an assist against Wolves in a 1-1 draw. Thoughts on Jedi's play lately? I mean, again, solid. I With having Tim Ream as your mentor and the shape that Tim Ream is in right now, you have to think that he is learning from the best and it's going to show in his play. So super proud to hear Jedi just... Absolutely tearing it up. Love to see it. Fulham plays Arsenal tomorrow. It's a huge game for both those teams. Arsenal chasing that Premier League crown. Fulham trying to stay in the hunt for a European spot. Must see television in the morning in the Premier League. We're going to go to Arsenal itself now. We've got a player there, Matt Turner. Finally getting off the bench. First start since January 27th. 2-2 draw against Sporting from Portugal in the Europa League. It was a decent outing, but really kind of looked like Matt Turner struggled a little bit. First goal, maybe could have done better. Didn't come out for a ball that ended up being a free header on a corner kick. Second goal, makes a good save on a shot that is pushed directly to an oncoming player who then slots at home. Probably a great save would have pushed that ball a little bit wider, not giving the player the chance. Also kind of struggled in his distribution are you okay with the way that Turner is playing right now? Do you want to see him playing more? Are you okay with the backup role, given how important he is to the U.S. right now? Uh, it's a hard one. That's a really hard one. You, I would love to see him in more of a starting role. Um, it would make all the difference in the world. Now, who he's starting behind, like, it makes sense. I I think with the way that Ramsdale has been performing this season, I you can't. There's, there's no argument there, right? Um, however, as an um, as a U.S. soccer fan, there's a huge argument because you want to see who is our starting goalkeeper starting for the club that he's playing at and seeing ha- Matt Turner have a performance that is lacking does make at least me a little disappointed because it does start to raise those flags of does he need to move to a place where he's starting and getting regular playing time to continue to improve or is getting, is continuing to, you know, work hard and practice and train with the team really going to do it. Well, we've seen this before last year, Zach Steffen was in the exact same position with Manchester city. Um, Obviously Steffen has had issues with his confidence uh, in that backup role. We saw that throughout world cup qualifying. I think that it's fair that we have some of those concerns about Turner being stuck in the same role long-term. Although I wouldn't say that I'm super unhappy with us possibly having a premier league winner two years in a row as a backup goalkeeper. So it's kind of a mixed bag for me. Yeah. I think I'm in the same boat here. Now we've got one last player to talk about in the premier league. 
you are currently wearing the jersey. Let's talk about some Chelsea. Um, Christian Pulisic finally is healthy again. He hurt himself on January 5th. Finally gets back off the bench two months later on March 7th. A seven-minute cameo in the Champions League versus Dortmund. Came off the bench today. We are recording on Saturday night. 18-minute cameo against Leicester. Excited to see CP back? I've been waiting for this for way too long. I am so excited that CP is back. Um, and the that second, that I think it was the second goal today, Kovacic, uh, Mateo Kovacic's goal, the fact that he's right there when that goal is scored. And honestly, if it, that ball gets sent just a little bit differently, Christian Pulisic has a goal today. And I, I'm just so excited to see him back and in form. And I cannot wait to see what he does with the rest of the season. Yeah. Hopefully good things. Hopefully we get some minutes out of him the rest of the way. Um, there's a lot of congestion for Chelsea playing time right now, so it'll be tough. Let's go ahead and stay in England and move on down a level. We're going to go to the championship. We're going to talk about some goalkeepers. Let's talk Ethan Horvath first. I want to give you some stats real quick. For the last six matches, Luton Town has four, wi- four draws, two wins, and a loss. Horvath has conceded only five goals in his last seven matches. I guess we were talking about seven matches he played again today. He has 13 saves. Today, they won one nothing. He had a clean sheet with five saves. There's only been one sort of bump in the road. He did give up a really easy goal um, earlier uh, in the last few weeks where he just sort of fumbled one into his own net. But through this run of form, Luton has moved into fourth in the championship table. They are firmly in the race for promotion. How are you feeling about Ethan Horvath? I mean, we'll talk about rosters later, but he's making mine right now. He's doing just fine. And I think that he has put in a solid performance for for Luton. So excited to see it. We, we've, we became so used to, to over the years seeing him in the backup keeper role and just sort of coming out occasionally and putting in brilliant performances. It's really awesome to see him get a chance to start and really just sort of take advantage of it and make it his own position. Yeah. I think this has been a long time coming for him. I think so, and excited to see what he does moving forward. Now, speaking of players who were in the backup role and are currently starting and playing pretty well, Zach Steffen is also playing for Middlesbrough, and it's been a great run of form for them as well, although the stats are not quite nearly as good. Um, five wins, one loss in the last six for Middlesbrough. Conceded six goals in the last six matches. Today, they had a five-save performance in the 3-1 win. Uh, notably, he has made he has conceded six, but he has made 19 saves over his last six matches, including a nine-save outing against Sheffield. Only two really big mistakes here. There were uh, there was a really bad uh, pass out of the back that sort of sparked a one v two where he got scored on. Also had a really bad positioning error on a free kick, let one in from over 40 yards away. The one loss during this stretch is due to a two-goal performance from the next guy we're going to talk about, uh, the striker Daryl DK at West Brom. So. Zach Steffen, playing pretty well. Uh, is he playing better than Horvath, in your opinion? Is he competing with Horvath for you for the same roster spot? How are you feeling about Steffen right now and his performances? See, and it's so it's amazing to see him back in that conversation, um, especially after everything that he has gone through with being that backup keeper at Manchester City and losing confidence and going out on loan. Like it's It's very nice to hear his name back up and in the position to be back in a role. Um, I do think he's competing with Horvath for that role right now. I mean, looking at their stats, every time I think about either Stefan or Horvath, I start to think about them in comparison with one another and what space they're going to end up filling on a roster. And if 
both of them go or if one of them goes or what. Um, every roster is going to have those three slots for goalkeeping. But, I mean, is it the three of them? There's Sean Johnson to think about. There's Gaga Slonina on the on the lookout as well. I mean, what – the, I think it's a great question. Yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit later with our rosters. It is sort of interesting to compare these two sort of goalkeepers who are in very similar positions, both sort of chasing promotion in the championship right now, and both playing pretty well. They have both had outstanding seasons. I think Stefan's a little bit more error-prone than Horvath from what I've seen, although um, Luton Town, I think, has uh, not had as blistering a form as we've seen from Middlesbrough over the last little bit. But let's talk some strikers now. We do have two strikers also competing in the championship right now and also are great comparisons for each other. We're going to start with the man who has scored more goals, sometimes looking great, other times looking like he's had no service at all. We're going to go to Daryl DK. Um, some matches we get a one, one shot on 28 touches performance like we saw against Austin Trustees Birmingham. Other times we see a brace like he had against Middlesbrough. He has had... 363 minutes across six matches. In that time, they have notched two wins, three losses, and a draw. Two goals against Middlesbrough, one goal against Wigan. How are you feeling about Daryl DK? You already know that I love Daryl DK. <laughs> Daryl DK is one of my favorite players, and so to see him scoring anytime he scores, I am absolutely all for it and so excited to see it. His goals against Middlesbrough were beautiful, um, such such lovely shots. And even when he's not scoring, he looks very dangerous on attack right now. And so to see him in that upward kind of movement and see him again in that conversation, I mean, he dropped out of that conversation for so long. To see him back in that conversation just makes my heart more than happy. I mean, yeah, it's, it's awesome to see him back and playing this well. It's just great to throw another name in the striker hat, frankly. Yes. Uh, I do sort of have him right now behind the guy we're going to talk about next. Let's talk some Josh Sargent. It's not been a great run of form for Josh Sargent, mainly because he has been out with an ankle injury for the past few weeks. Picked it up against Wigan a few weeks ago. Um, luckily, he's back in training, expected to be back here in the next few days. But before that, three appearances, netted a goal. Josh Sargent's still firmly in that mix, still playing well in the championship. I, I, I'm excited about what Josh Sargent has done this year. He's still in that golden boot race for Norwich and has them chasing a promotion slot as well. Yeah. So exciting to see from Sargent. We'll see. We'll see where he goes next. We'll see what that, that striker conversation is. For, Such a big one. Yeah. It, it, once again, something we'll talk about when we construct this roster. So glad he's coming back in time that we can consider him for a spot on this next, uh, in this next camp coming up here in just a few weeks. We do have one last name to talk about and mention here in the championship, and that's Austin Trusty. The fixture at center back for Birmingham City continues to be a 90-minute starter almost every single game, but Birmingham's been in awful form. They hadn't won in their last five before winning today. Did have an assist in their win today. Is this trouble for Trusty? Is this something that we should worry about, or are, are we fine with him being a consistent starter even if we're not seeing great performances from the club? Um, this is a great question. It's not terrific for Trusty. Um, <laughs> I had to take it. I'm sorry. It was right there. Um, but I don't know if I'm, I don't know how much I'm sounding alarms. Trusty is his own player. There's, there's, you know, 
there are more players on the field than trusty alone. So on some level, he can't be the only one carrying everyone. And he's having a fairly good, he's having a fairly okay run of form. So I'm not sounding alarms. Um, I'm just continuing to watch and see um, if it, if we get a few more matches in and it's looking like trusty is starting to fall apart, then I have major concern. It seems like every time we have one of these really bad spells for Birmingham, he pulls a goal or an assist out of nowhere. He's a huge threat on corner kicks for these guys, and that's that's something we don't see a lot of on our center back pool. I think we have Walker Zimmerman, we have Miles Robinson mm-hmm. who can do that, but a lot of our European center backs are not goal threats on corner kicks, so it's kind of awesome to see him be that consistent goal or assist threat in and around the box. Yeah, it's it's definitely refreshing, and and. I think is definitely worth a look at for any roster position. So yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it as we go. Um, let's move to Scotland now. And we're going to start with another center back. Um, we just sort of be, keep going on these themes of player after player competing in the same position. Cameron Carter Vickers, man, there's not enough good things to say about Cameron Carter Vickers right now. Um, they won the Scottish league cup final recently against Malik Tillman's Rangers. Um, they continue to put in performance after performance. That's just incredible. Let's just give the breakdown here. Celtic are unbeaten in their last 18 and are on a 13-match winning streak across all competitions. Cameron Carter-Vickers is basically playing better than any defender in Scotland. His coach is even saying that he's the best defender in Scotland right now. He scored today against Hearts in the FA Cup in in Scotland. This is just incredible from Cameron Carter-Vickers. He's undroppable. Do you think it's time for him to get out of Scotland? Is he the next... Celtic to Premier League player, do you think? I think so. And I starting to think about our World Cup roster a little differently and all of our rosters fairly differently and um kind of wish we had seen slightly more of him um in the past. So I will say <laughs> excited to see his future and I do think that possibly he has that look for a future in Premier League, La Liga, um Anywhere, anywhere. I think that he, right now, he has his kind of pick of the field. Yeah. Well, he was a journeyman for so long. He went on loan after loan after loan into the championship. And just seeing him settle down and become the anchor of a Celtic squad that has produced so many talented players, it's it's awesome to see. You, I just feel like the sky's the limit for him right now. Um, really exciting stuff. Yeah. Love to see it. Let's go ahead and move on to some other Scottish League players. Uh, Malik Tillman is the next up on my list. Um, last time we talked about him, he was scoring that really controversial goal in the Scottish Cup um, where he picked the ball up after um, a defender was trying to play it back to his team and scored, caused the fight. Um, since then, not really done a whole lot. Um, he did play in the League Cup final versus Celtic, but that is his only appearance. He has been battling a hamstring injury, hopefully back within the next week. Hopefully we get him back healthy because he is such a talented prospect. He was having a great season. I'm going to go ahead and skip over chatting more about him. We're going to go to Matthew Hoppy next, who has completed his loan move to Hibernian. And for Hibs, Matthew Hoppy has made his mark, subbed in on February 18th and nabbed his first goal. Want to give me a quick breakdown of that goal real quick? Right place in the right time. I mean, just a beautiful shot from the defender off of another defender's face, perfectly <laughs> at his feet, right in for a goal. I mean... Really great placement for the really interesting play to get it to him. It's uh sometimes better to be lucky than good. They don't really 
ask how you did it. They just sort of ask how many goals you scored. He also took that chance, took that goal, and played it into two starting position, starting chances for Hibbs and has nabbed an assist since then. Are you expecting more from Matthew Hoppy? Are you thinking he's going to light Scotland on fire here? I am hesitant to say so because last time we said that about him at Schalke, it, we got a move and then nothing. So I'm slightly hesitant to put to um, start it, all the celebrations and everything and the movement. And I think he needs to be a place for a little while. And I want to see what he does before I start um, looking for, for anything further from him. So. All right. Now, I think that there's there's still time. I'm excited to see him getting back on the field and, you know, racking up some goal contributions again. Yep. But we'll see what the rest of the season holds for him. Only one other name to mention in Scotland, that's James Sands. And the only reason we have to mention him is that his loan has been terminated. He is back playing for NYCFC in MLS. It was a good run for him in Scotland, but just wasn't to be. Hopefully he gets another move abroad to sort of try again soon. But he is back in MLS, so we move on to La Liga, where we're going to talk about a player who has finally grabbed his chance, Luca De La Torre, in the midfield of Celta de Vigo, has just been starting every single match they've played recently. Went 72 minutes today in a 3-0 win. Excited by Luca De La Torre. Absolutely. I'm happy to see him find that starting position. He deserves it. He is put in the work, and we are seeing results, so... Congrats to him, and we'll see what the future holds. Yeah, I mean, I hope that he can keep it the rest of the season. Yeah. Celta is in a really good spot. They are mid-table. They are not like Valencia, as we'll talk about here in a second. Um, and, yeah, Luca was hurt basically the entire first half of the season, basically missed the entire World Cup because of it. Um, the sky's the limit for him going forward. You know, we need midfielders so desperately for the U.S. Having a player who is a locked-on starter in Spain is just, you know, a perfect spot. For him and a great news for us men's national team fans absolutely so let's talk about Yunus musa now um Yunus musa has been struggling a little bit with valencia as valencia has struggled a lot in their last few months um they lost six of their last eight um musa has struggled in the midfield is not really playing effectively with his teammates his teammates aren't really playing effectively with him. No one really seems to be doing very well. The fans are extremely angry, both with Musa and the entire rest of the team. They did win today against Osasuna, pulled them just clear of the relegation zone. But before that, Musa did get dropped from the starting lineup in a loss to Barcelona. Ellie, how much of this is on Yunus Musa? Does he deserve to be dropped? Are we... Is it time to hit the panic button on what's going on in Valencia? I know he needs a move. I expect him to get a move. But what's going on in Valencia right now? I'm asking the same questions. Um, every match I watch, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to start right hitting the panic button. He had such a good performance at the World Cup. He came back so strong. Everything was fine. And we had this huge plummet. And Personally, I'm just not ready to let go of all of it yet, but I think it's ready. I think Yunus Musa is ready for a move. I think it's time. I thought it was time after the World Cup. I think that the winter transfer window was his window, and it didn't happen, and I I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll see. There, there's still time. He is still young. It is natural for young players to go through spurts where they struggle, so 
you know, I, I'm, I'm not worried yet, but this has not been a great spell to be a Valencia fan. And, you know, we have players in relegation battles basically all across Europe right now. It's a little frustrating to see Musa join that club. Um, it's really a struggle to, you know, go from watching Leeds in a relegation battle to then go watch Valencia in a relegation battle the same day. But it is what the, the hand we have been dealt as fans right now. We're watching a lot of relegation battles. Even more that we'll talk about here later. But let's head to France. Liga 1, where we have Tim Weah to talk about. Now, Tim Weah has found his way back into the Lille starting lineup in kind of an unconventional way. Um, he's not playing at winger for his club. Instead, he is the new starting left back for Lille. Um, Lille has actually played pretty well over this stretch, except for a pretty disastrous outing against PSG. Um, Weah has started four of the last five matches at left back, started yesterday at right back. Are you okay with this move? Are you okay with seeing our starting winner, pl winger play as an outside back? Does this possibly free up Gio Reyna to get on the field as a winger so that we can push Tim Weah to the back line? Is he now challenging Serginho Dest or Anthony Robinson for a spot as a starting back, waiting back for the U.S. men's national team? Or did we just find an Alfonso Davies type situation out of nowhere? You know, you just hope for an Alfonso Davies moment. Um... I am really hopeful that he's not rivaling Serginho Dest. Um, I'm not overly impressed with Dest's performance right now. So currently, yes, he is rivaling Dest because he's not playing in his proper position. Uh, I have so many questions. I have so many questions. Um, most of them go to Lille's um, management squad there. Um, but I'm going to leave that for another day. Um, I... I we saw him in the World Cup. When he plays in his natural position, he is dangerous. He scores. We've seen it when he plays in his natural position for Lille. He is a strong attacking player. Now, he's putting in performances and he's starting. So he's playing and getting time and staying in form, which is what we all hope for. Personally, I'd like for him to stay in form in his natural position so that when it comes time, he can play that position. Um, but, you know, I would like to see what he does during this international window and see what this, per what his performance on the back line has done to his performance in his national position. And also if he does need a change in positioning, I really only time will tell. We say yeah. that so often. And I think that that's just kind of the lesson of soccer is just really time will tell everything. Yeah. Well, we'll see. It's, it's an interesting development. Um, something to follow as we go forward. It'll be interesting to see what Anthony Hudson does with it here in a few weeks, how it's going to affect his transfer value. Really, just a lot sell up in the air with Tim Weah right now. So let's talk about our other player in France we're talking about right now, and that is Flair and Balogun. Um, Balogun has started the last four matches, um, has done nothing really noteworthy except miss a penalty. Um, slowed down a little bit, but we're going to talk a little bit about some of the controversies off the field real quick. He was photographed, recently posted a photo of him on Instagram in an England warm-up kit, but then recently also unfollowed both the English national team and the English youth national teams on Instagram. There's some mixed signals here. Time to panic, time to hope. Are you thinking he's committing to the U.S.? He's a U.S. men's national team player through and through. I know that he hasn't committed, but in my heart, it tells me, my heart is telling me right now, Falaren Balogun is a U.S. men's national team player. He's going to get a call up this time around. He's going to join the squad. I don't know. 
I'm not hitting panic buttons. I saw the Instagram stuff and was really excited. So I don't know. What do you think? I'm not reading tea leaves here. We'll, we'll see what happens over the next little bit. This is a cap time window for Nations League for both the U.S. and England. If he accepts a call-up, it's done. If not, the saga continues into the summer. So um, we'll, we'll see. There's, there's, once again, another time will tell situation. We hope he comes to the U.S. We hope he commits because I think he will be our locked-on starting striker. As it stands right now, we're left with the, start, the striker hat until he makes a decision. Father so, and Maligan, please choose the U.S. <laughs> please do it. You won't regret it. Please. Such a silly podcast. Please. Whenever the two of us get together, that is this way. Um, but let's go ahead and go to the Bundesliga now. Um, we've got some players to talk about there. We're going to start with Joe Scally. He's been battling a calf injury, back to full health, locked on starter for Munchen Gladbach. Better than Dust right now? Um, He's seeing the field more than Dust right now, so there's that. Um, but I don't know. Um, I would like to – I think there's more that I'd like to see out of everyone before I make any kind of judgment calls. But he's playing very well, and I fully support it. So um, he's starting to make me question, which I was not doing before. So there we go. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Only time will tell. <laughs> it's becoming the theme of this episode. We're going to name this episode Only Time Will Tell. Um, let's talk about Kevin Paredes. Um, he has not been playing a lot recently either, but he does have two cameo appearances in the last few weeks. He is becoming a regular bench option for Wolfsburg. Um, knocking on the door of a U.S. call-up, do you prefer him with the U.S. or with the U-20s over the next few months? I prefer him with the U-20s. I want to see him develop a little bit more before I start. We start calling him up. Um, I'd like to see. I'd like to see what he does with the U-20 squad before I see him starting with the U.S. men's national team or even subbing into the U.S. men's national team. All right, then let's talk about Jordan Pifok here. We're sort of rapid firing through the Bundesliga. One start, 180 total minutes across the last six matches, including the Europa League. No goals, no assists in that time. Struggling for minutes, struggling to make a huge impact on the game. Is he still in the pool? Is he still in that striker hat? We see it all the time with all of our, our call-up spaces and with everything. We see players go up and down, and we choose and pick and choose who's in their best form and. I think personally, he's not in the running for this for this call up pool. Um, I think that he's going through through a downward um, trend. Um, that does not mean that we won't see another upward trend as we've seen in the past. So, I think that um, I think right now he won't end up getting a call up for March. Um, but I don't think that means that we give up and that we walk away. He's I think still- that means that he's having a little bit of a rough rough patch now. And in the future, we will see him back in that conversation, possibly at the start of it again. Because, I mean, he's been up at the forefront of those conversations before. Who knows where he'll be this time. He's still a Bundesliga striker. He's still a Bundesliga striker. Speaking of players who are struggling for minutes, let's talk about Gio Reyna, shall we? Um, He was on a tear, scored three goals in three matches, then didn't make an appearance for four straight matches. Uh, Dortmund has been possibly the reddest hot team in Europe over the past few months they have recently cooled off losing to Chelsea in the Champions League drawing Schalke this weekend Gio went 85 minutes off the bench subbing in for Brandt in the Champions League game ending that four match uh, appearance drought but then even though Brandt is hurt even though Royce is hurt even though they are struggling to find minutes from their wingers right now all of a sudden on the weekend he only gets 10 possible 10 more minutes he does not start even though you would think after a great performance in the Champions League, that would be his spot to lose. Are you worried about this? 
Do you think this is injury load management? Is this him struggling to find his place in the squad? What's going on with Gio Reyna? He's been off and on through injuries, so I'm far more far more comfortable saying it's an injury thing. Um, just because we've seen it so much recently, I'm far more likely to say that he's still getting that strength back. He's still – and it was a pretty bad injury, so I'm yeah, far I, more willing to say that, that this is an injury battle and that it's just going to take some time and he'll find his place again. Yeah, and Dortmund being in such good form made it so hard to break through. I'm kind of fine seeing him in sort of a, re- a reserve role to just sort of keep those muscles healthy. We don't really need to see um, him tear another muscle and have another huge setback, so – Hopefully we can see him back in the squad soon. He is the most talented player in the pool, and seeing him not play is very frustrating for American fans. Oh, yeah. So we move on to some other options that are playing on the bench right now. Um, There's not much to say about Paxson Aronson and Caden Clark, except that they are both ahead of schedule. They are making the bench regularly, although they have yet to make their debuts for Frankfurt and Leipzig, respectively. That means the last name to talk about in the Bundesliga is John Brooks. John Brooks is struggling a little bit. He started his first five matches for Hoffenheim. They lost all of them. He got dropped from the squad for their last two matches. They lost those two. Hoffenheim has now lost seven in a row since signing John Brooks and are firmly in the relegation battle. Another American going through relegation fights. John Brooks struggling to have that Tim Ree moment that keeps a, gets him back into the U.S. conversation. He is. He is. Um, I mean... There's nothing stopping him from going on a tear in the near future. Just He's just got to find that form. So, I yeah. mean. We're, we're still hopeful for John Brooks absolutely. to find that form again. Um, yep. Being back in the Bundesliga is great. We still love to watch him play. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully, he and Hoffenheim can turn it around. Let's go ahead and bounce over to some smaller leagues. We're going to go really briefly to Turkey, where Haji Wright has been injured basically since the World Cup, had a back injury, stopped him from being on a tear where he was just scoring for fun in Turkey. He's finally back healthy. He played today, and, well, he scored for fun. Two goals and an assist in his first game back. Excited for Haji Wright? Absolutely. Love to see when any any player in form, you love to see it. The full support and absolutely... I, you know, to come back from injury and to have that kind of impact, it's impressive and an absolute joy to see. He was on the World Cup squad. He scored a great goal. Um, hopefully he gets to move away from Turkey here soon. I think he's ready for a new challenge, considering how much he's just scoring for fun whenever he plays. Yep. Let's go ahead and pivot now to some other leagues, some other leagues where players have been standing out. Um, let's go to the area of Vesey. Um, We're going to start with Ricardo Pepe, another striker who has been scoring Quite a bit. He has scored twice over the last four matches for Groningen. Um, he did score um, against Emin and against Excelsior. Unfortunately, it seems like Groningen is really struggling to get him some service. I watched the game against Alkmaar. He was playing sort of a second striker and really just didn't have a lot to do. They could not get him the ball in dangerous positions. Uh, Groningen is in the relegation zone, so he is fighting relegation himself. Very frustrating to watch Groningen play right now. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and keep this rapid fire going. Georgie Mihailovic is the next name up, and we have another player who's battling injuries. He's sort of struggled to get minutes. He's sort of alternating bench appearance versus starting spot. He played 24 minutes today coming off the bench. It looked bright against Pepe's Groningen side. Um, He's played only 98 minutes, though, in the last three games. Sort of a rocky start to him in the Dutch League and his move away from MLS to Europe. Yeah, we're... You know, maybe without the injury, we'll see him back. So, 
hopefully I'm, I still, we've not seen a look at him since he really went on the tear in MLS. I, I, it's long past time that I get a look at him in a U.S. shirt with as well as he's played the last few years when he's yeah. played, he's played pretty well uh, mm-hmm. in the area of Bessie. So, you know, he's a name that's sort of on my short list right now. Yeah. Along with the other name worth mentioning in the era of Bessie, which is Taylor Booth. Um, mm-hmm. Booth only played for about 224 minutes since we last talked and he did pick up an injury likely to keep him out of this uh, camp. Unfortunately, he has been a revelation at winger for Utrecht. Just really unfortunate that this injury comes right here, um, sort of keeping him off the field and sort of leaving him doubtful for this camp. It's definitely sad to see with the performances that he's been putting in and just the the turn in form and the fact that he has earned that starting position back. Um, To be injured right now and to change that, it's just so disappointing to see. It's so disappointing to see, and I hope that he maintains that form for future call-ups and that we see him again soon. It's 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 a player that really needs a look with the squad. He oh, has yeah. come such a long way since his Bayern yes. days. Um, only two more names to talk about, both in Belgium. I'm just going to go through them quickly. Mark McKenzie has been a rock at the back. Genk is still right at the top of the table, leading the pack to win the Belgian League. And Brian Reynolds has put in some solid shifts, a regular starter at right back. For his club, Westerlo, um, they've been in pretty good form as well. He is a locked-in starter on their back line. Great to see them having good performances, Mm -hmm. turning them in week in, week out. I think that wraps up our rapid-fire European coverage. Do you have another name? Um, Serginho Dest. We forgot to mention Ah. Serginho Dest in the Italian League. Ah, Serginho Dest has not made an appearance. Never mind then. (laughs) He's made zero appearances since January 24th when Napoli beat them 4-0. Um, he's made a few benches, but has not played. This is a situation that is rapidly becoming frustrating. He has now um, missed out. He's now sort of lost favor with two different managers at two Champions League clubs. Might be time for a new experience for Dest, a new team to pick him up, because I don't think Barcelona or Milan are the answer. Nope. Nope. Okay. All right. Cool. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, We have covered about 35 different names in Europe over the course of about 40 minutes. That might be our longest European wrap-up of all time. Um, But let's talk about this upcoming camp. Ellie, we have a camp coming up here in just a few weeks. We are expecting to get a roster sometime this week. Um, Let's sort of go through what we expect from it. Um, This is a Nations League camp. Um, It's a cap time camp, so we could see some names uh, that we need to cap cap tie sort of Mm -hmm take them out of that dual national recruitment battle. Um, It is also a camp that comes right at the start of the MLS season, Mm -hmm. um, right as players are sort of starting to build form, Mm -hmm. and comes during a European international break. So if we call a player from Europe, clubs are required to release them. There also is a U20 camp coming up at the end of March, so I expect that all of our really talented U20s, say our Cade Cowles, our Gaga Slaninas, our Paxton Aronsons, our Jack McGlynns, our Quinn Sullivans, Kevin Paredes, Caleb Wiley, Obed Vargas, all of those guys, we expect to be with the U20s if possible or not held released by their clubs. Yes. Maybe one or two of those get on the U.S. squad for the full camp. Not really that hopeful for that. I also really don't think many MLS players are going to be released for this camp just with the way that the timing works for the season to start. So let's build a 26-man roster. We expect it to be between 24 and 27 players, so 26 is a good number. Let's just try and build it that's primarily Euro-based and primarily over 20 years old. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, let's go ahead and jump on in. I want to start by just going too deep at every single position. So um, we're going to add three names on at the end. You can pick wherever you want to add them on. Um, I'm going to start with the goalkeepers. Uh, there's 
for me, my three names are Turner, Horvath, and Stefan. Do you have any different names there? No, the only name that I'm that I think needs to be included is Gagas Lonina. I think that instead of being called up to U20s, I think that he deserves a look at for the national team so that we can start putting him in in those bigger roles so that he can start learning from our our goalies in the back, our, our experienced veteran players, and start looking forward to playing for the national team moving forward. So if you have Slonina, do you have Slonina on your roster? I do. I have Slonina, Horvath, and Turner. Horvath. So you don't want Stefan. I think that there's a conversation, and I could be convinced either way. Um, but currently, I have Horvath in that role. I think that that he he went to the World Cup with the U.S. I think that he he has filled that role, and I I just think that he needs to continue to fill that role for the U.S. See, I think we're prioritizing this a little differently. You want to look at the youngster. I kind of want to get looks at players who we haven't seen in a long time, or get looks at players who we haven't seen at all yet in this camp. That's sort of where my roster is going here. So I want Stefan just because we haven't seen him in so long and his form is completely different than the last time we saw him. I think it's time for a reevaluation. And I think that's a really good, I think that's a great yeah. shout. So yeah, I'm, I'm fine leaving Selena at Chelsea. Even if he doesn't go to the U twenties, I'm fine letting him continue to develop in the premier league, the premier league two. That's a good spot for him right now. He's still very young for a goalkeeper. Yeah. So, um, Either way we go, I think that those are the four names. You could put a shout in for Sean Johnson, but he's just getting into an MLS club, just trying to sort of adjust to Toronto. So yeah. I think that this is not the camp to bring in an MLS keeper. I agree. I completely agree. All right, cool. We're kind of on the same page here for our I goalkeeper. Yeah. So let's pivot to our outside backs. I'm going to do them all as sort of one big messy conglomeration because you never really know whether we're going to bring four right backs or five outside backs with, you know, four right backs and a left back or we're going to bring all left backs and only one right back it's, it's really up in the air but I kind of want to see two right backs and two left backs I think the two right backs are pretty obvious I think you and I both agree Joe Scally and Serginho Dest are the agree. two names there absolutely agree I think if we're going to talk about other names for the right back slot there's only one other name for me that really sticks out as a maybe a look is earned is that's Brian Reynolds I think that I, I completely agree there. I think that he's had a really good run of form, and I think that he does deserve that look at, yeah. Yeah, well, we haven't seen him in a few years. It would be kind of cool to see him get back into camp. Yeah. Um, I just don't see it being this camp, though, especially with, mm -hmm. you know, Scally playing so well, being a starter in the Bundesliga, and seeing Dest not get any minutes. I think if we can, getting Dest just some minutes would be better than sort of getting a look at a new player. I completely agree. All right, cool. So we're on the same page with our right backs as well. So let's talk left backs now. I think this is where one of our big disagreements comes on this roster because so. Jedi Robinson is an obvious choice. Absolutely. No questions asked. Cool. But my backup is John Tolkien. I'm using an MLS slot here. Um, I He's played so well for Red Bulls. He's a huge prospect. Um, it just feels like the right name to call up there. Although Kevin Paredes is another big shout that we've talked about. Um, playing the Bundesliga, I think more advanced than left backs typically are though. So... Um, there's some debate about whether he even is a true left back. But I think you have a different name. I do, and I'm going to go ahead and steal a second uh, U20 slot um, for my roster, and I'm going to throw Caleb Wiley in. Um, I just think he's had such a good run of form at the beginning of the season, and I just want to see what he does. I just want to see what he does. He, you know, it might show us that he needs to stay in the U20s for a little while and he needs, he needs more development time, or... 
he might absolutely show up and show out, and it might start being a question of if he can start being our backup. So he did have two goals and an assist today, but playing his left wing for Atlanta United. My question is, Kevin Paredes is playing well off the bench for Wolfsburg in the Bundesliga at basically the exact same position. Yes. Um, why, him, why not him instead of the guy who's a starter in MLS? I just think that Caleb Wiley's form has just been beyond good and I think Paredes has been doing fine I just I like to see someone who's you know who who I see Caleb Wiley being a very big starter for the U.S. in the future and I think going ahead and just looking at him now does no harm and I think it in fact helps us out so I would really love to see him that that Atlanta fan bias coming out absolutely not (laughs) Nope. I'm not really sure I believe you. Nope. But but we'll go ahead and accept it for now and move on. I think the other name to mention for outside backs that we haven't talked about is Dewan Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe DeAndre Yedlin as well. Um, yeah. But, I, you know, once again, MLS starters, I don't really think that this is the time to call an MLS heavy camp. So let's go ahead and assume for now that we're probably taking one of the names that we've mentioned before yep. and head on to our center backs where I think that this is another point where there are some names that are going to be some, uh, it's, it's kind of a difficult position to pick. There's a lot of players playing well in Europe, mm-hmm. a lot of players playing well in the MLS too. So you're going to have an MLS name. I'm going to have an I'm, MLS I'm name. not going to have an MLS name. Um, I have Tim Ream. Yep. I have Chris Richards. Absolutely. I have Cameron Carter-Vickers. I completely agree with all three of those. Awesome. So let's go with the fourth center back. I think this is where we disagree because I want to look at Austin Trusty. It's been so long that he's been playing well in the championship. We still have not seen him in a U.S. kit. It's time. I have him being called up. Granted, I have him as one of my sub roles. So I do have him being called up. So I you, just have, don't you have him in your last three in. I have him in my last three in. I'm using my MLS squad again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling up Miles Robinson. He's back in form. He's back on the field. And I'm so excited that he's back. Ah, I want, I like cannot, every single time he's on the field, I always tune in to see him play because I'm so excited that I thought he should have been on the World Cup squad. I just, I think that he is, the injury obviously makes sense, all of those things. But I just think that he is one of our center backs. I think that he deserves a move to England, to Europe. That's the things I'm looking for. I, I think Miles Robinson is one of the best center backs we have, and I think that he deserves the call up. I, you know, he's been playing well. Um, he has not lo- clearly lost the step that Aaron Long lost due to the Achilles tear, but he's still less than a month into his playing career since that injury. Um, he's just getting back into form in MLS. You don't think it's too early? No. All right. No, I think, and I think showing that we that there's still confidence in his ability will help even more. Let's I talk about some to other build. names, though, because there are a lot of other names we could talk oh, about here. Let's, you know, Mark McKenzie, who has got a championship push ahead of him mm-hmm. in in Belgium. He's been playing so well this season. Yeah. Um, there's also Walker Zimmerman, who is a World Cup veteran, uh, playing for Nashville and playing well for Nashville. And then there's a, Eric Palmer Brown is another name who's been playing well mm-hmm. in France. We didn't even talk about him in our uh, wraparound coverage today, but yeah. it's another name starting for Trois. Mm-hmm. You don't think any of those names deserve a look over Robinson? I don't. I don't. I just I think that that confidence that will come out of him getting another call up will be far greater than almost anything else. And I think it could lead to him back in that starting position again. And I I would love to see it. I'd love to see it. 
All right, cool. Well, uh, there's some disagreement here, um, as is natural for the center back position when you have so many names that are playing well. I think both of us are adding a center back as we go to our last three in. So we'll yeah. come back around to that conversation and head to the midfield. Um, I'm going to talk about defensive midfielders first. Um, there's some options here, but I think it's pretty clearly Tyler Adams and Kelly Acosta. I think so. I can, yeah. yeah. There's some names we could argue. Uh, Johnny Cardoso, uh, did come off injured recently. I'm not sure if he's truly healthy for a call-up. Hopefully he is um, playing in Brazil still. Tanner Tessman has been playing well for Venezia. Um, then there's also a bunch of names in the MLS who are playing well. Uh, but none of them, I think, really eclipse Acosta for that backup spot. And we don't really have a second six that's playing in Europe. Yeah. Um, Eric Williamson is a name that comes up a lot. Keaton Parks is a name that comes up a lot. Neither, neither of those names are really inspiring a lot of confidence in me. So I think we should just leave it at, you know, Acosta and Adams and call it a day for the sixes. Acosta has been doing super well in that role. And I mean, seeing him play, right. Like we've, yeah. we've seen him step into that role multiple times and do fine. And I'm not gonna, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. We're, we're doing fine right now. That is a role that I want to upgrade before the world cup, but Absolutely. I don't really think we have that upgrade available right now. So especially with the U-20s, yep. you know, having most of our big prospects there. So let's talk about our eights, which I think is a little bit more complicated. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we can all agree that McKenny Musa and Della Torre are three of the four eights. Yep. Cool. Awesome. Glad that you and I are on the same page for yep. most of this. It does make this a lot easier. It really does. Um, but let's talk about that fourth eight, because there's a billion names we could put out there. Um, who do you have in that spot? I actually have Tanner Tessman. Um, I think he's been playing really well in the midfield, and I would like to see him get another call-up and get another shot at being in the jersey again. So I I have him called up not in the defensive role, but then if we need him in the defensive role, we have a backup to Acosta as well. So I'd like to see him get the call up just to see just to see him back on the field again and just to see him back in the jersey. Now there's a lot of MLS names we could put there, and you know, I could throw mm -hmm. a bunch of them out there. I mean, their names like um, Paxton Pomacall, Tim Tillman, uh, Alan Sonora, who's playing now in Mexico, um, Christian Roldan, who's had a really good start to the MLS season, um, Keaton Parks, like I said, he's playing well for New York City FC. I don't really want to spend an MLS slot here, so let's talk about um, players who are sort of hybrid wingers, um, but not really true midfielders. I think that that's a spot we could go, a player like Brendan Aronson type oh, yeah. player. Um, there's, I think, four options here to talk about. Um, Taylor Booth is one of them. Mount Tillman is another. Tillman's been hurt. Um, Booth has also been hurt. I don't know if they're healthy. Um, Georgie Mihailovic has been playing mm -hmm. exclusively as a 10 for AZ Algmar. And then Zendejas is more of a winger. I think he's more of a natural Pulisic-type player. I don't really trust him as an 8, but he is in that conversation as well. Yeah. So you're taking... Tanner Tessman, which is a, more of a true eight, yeah. sort of set, dual, dual six type of role. Mm -hmm. um, I'm taking Georgie Mihailovic as sort of a player who's more of an advanced attacking eight, more of a 10. Um, I think he's more in the role, like the style of a Brendan Aronson style player than he is in the style of, you know, your Tanner Tessmans, your Weston McKennies, your Eunice Mooses. Yeah, I think it's a smart call up. I think you're going for more of an attacking side here and I'm going for more of a defensive side. Um, I'm calling my, my attacking for our from our striker pool more than All anything. Right. All right. It'll be interesting to see where we go with our last three in here because oh, yeah. I'm also taking um, some players who are in that hybrid 10 sort of role as well uh, in that position. Yep. You know, I think it's just time to get a look at Mihailovic. Like I, I said, right. we haven't seen him since he went off in MLS. Now he's yep. playing well in the Netherlands. It's just time to get a look at him. I agree. 
So let's go ahead and I'm going to put Mihailovic on. You have Tessman. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think Mihailovic is more likely than Tessman. I think you're probably right there. <laughs> um, not sure. I love that you're right there, but I, I think that you're probably right there. Have you seen Matthew's position in Serie B? Just, just, just curious. I have, but Tessman's been playing so well. And I just, I, I really do think that that look again, I mean, it never hurts to look a second time and see how it goes and see if, if anything has changed. You right. never know. All right. You never know. So that's the midfield down. Let's go ahead and go to the front line. Um, the wingers, the four wingers I'm bringing are basically pretty much rock solid. I think you're going to agree. Pulisic, Aronson, Wea, and Reyna. I'm not even, there's there's no questions for me. That absolutely, yes. Um, there we can talk about someone to add from our last three in position. Um, I, I personally want to add someone from here. We'll talk about it here in a second. The big question mark, are you bringing Reyna? Is he healthy enough to bring? Is it going to hurt him to play in these matches? Or do you have to bring him in just for squad cohesion, just to prove that everything that happened at the World Cup is now behind us? I think you just have to bring him. I think you just have to bring him more than if if he's injured, he gets time to bond with the squad again. If he's not injured, he gets the chance to to practice and, and you know, get, get more minutes, yeah. get more time on the field. He doesn't have – this is one of those spaces where he doesn't have a ton of competition for anything. Um, like, he's he's – very he's incredibly talented and he's no one's going to question um his position on the field and his placement on the field i think that it's just it's just a call up that has to happen now if he's injured i i think they're they're i accept the question marks um but i think that's only if he actually is injured which there is no confirmation of yeah, right now we haven't so terzix mentioned some setbacks but nothing's been super confirmed so no. let's go ahead and leave it at calling those four in and talk about some strikers or i think you and i have gone completely different routes which is you know not surprising our striker pools kind of weak let's assume for the moment that we both wanted to call up Flair and Balogun, but we don't think he's going to come to this rock to this window fair, we fair to do that I mean, I think we're fine. I, I'm not happy that it's okay. I'm not happy that that's going to be happening. Flair Balogun, like I said, if you really, really want to be a player, come join the U.S. We're great. We're super fun. Go get all the support. All the support. Please come and join the U.S. All I right. really want him to be called up this time. I know he's not going to. It's fine. Cool. This has been Ellie's second plug to recruit <laughs> Balogun. Um, we're going to have Ellie sponsor this podcast. It's a Balogun recruitment podcast. But... My two strikers are Josh Sargent and Ricardo Pepe. Pepe's been playing well. Nine goals, three assists in the season for Groningen. Sargent has, I think, 11 goals now for Norwich. Um, Should be back to health in the next few days, hopefully back on the field before we, you know, have to call in this roster. Who are your two? Daryl DK and Haji Wright. Haji Wright coming back from injury and coming back into a game and just scoring for fun, as you said. Um... Or just right seeing goals. Um, I think that I think that there's a clear like he played for the World Cup. I think that he deserves the call up again. Um, and then I have Daryl DK coming up for my second um, striker. I think coming out of an unfavorable position, getting many goals, playing very well, being in a positive run of form. I think it, it, he deserves another look. Um, he was called up for the Gold Cup, and scored i mean who's to say he doesn't come back out and just take a tear out of the nation's league it it would be wonderful i would love it so 
I really hope that Daryl DK gets the look there. All right. So complete disagreement here at the Strikers. Complete disagreement. I think we'll see some sort of overlap when we go to our last three in here in a second. I think the other names to mention are MLS Strikers, um, unless you want to call them PFOC, which I don't think either is near the top of either of our radars right now. Um, Jesus Freire has scored twice to start the MLS season. Vasquez is leading the line in Cincinnati. They're playing well. He has not gotten off the mark yet. You think it's too early in the season to call an MLS name? I mean, I have called MLS names already previously in our rosters, but I think for those two, I think for striker positions, because striker is so up and down and all around, I think that, yes, I think it's probably a little early to to call on Vasquez or Ferreira. I would like to see them a little further in the season before I make any jump there. All right. I'm I'm fine with that. I think that most everyone listening to this will also be fine with that as well. Um, a few MLS names we missed at winger would be Jordan Morris and Paul Areola, who I think we are also fine passing over for this camp. So let's talk about our last three names. We both have um, three little more names to fill our roster out. I'm personally going to take my first one as a center back, and I'm taking uh, Mark McKenzie um, yeah. as another you know strong performer in Europe. I think that he's played so well. He's got Gank in a position to win the league. Um, I think that's just a little bit better than what I'm seeing out of Palmer Brown right now, although he has looked good in France this year as well. And he was on my list for quite a while um, before I switched over to Taylor Booth, um, who I would like to see. um, Oh, no, he's injured. I mean, I think that it's worth putting him down as a roster spot. So you're you're taking Booth as your first. Taking Booth. All right, so you're taking him as a winger. I guess, or as a midfielder. I'm taking him as a winger that can double as a midfielder in an emergency situation. Um, I I would like another backup for our midfield. I think our midfielder can always use a little more support, and he's a strong midfielder. I think that, and then if we need him in a weaker position, it also functions. So, I I'm calling him up so that he can s- exist in two different spaces. All right, you know, Booth would be nice, but I do want to give him that time to heal. Yes. Tillman would be nice. I do think that he needs time to heal as well. Absolutely. Um, both of those are names that I think deserve a look in the near future. Mm-hmm. But I want to go ahead and take a dual national recruitment off the board with my wing, my extra winger that I'm going to bring. And I'm bringing Zendejas. Um, okay. Alejandro Zendejas is also coming back from injury. He got hurt um, just after um, camp that mm-hmm. he played in in January. Um, has been in light, just electric form for Club America this season. Uh, they're hoping to get him back this week. He is a huge dual national recruit between the U.S. and Mexico. If we can get him this window, he is locked to us. And, you know, I just want to see that happen. I really love his game. He's sort of a left-footed Pulisic, and that's a really exciting player to have just available, especially one with as much experience as him. So I'm calling in Zendejas, but Booth is also a great option, and I would love to see him. Absolutely. Um, I'm taking for my second pick, I'm picking Ricardo Pepe. Um I'd like to see him back in the again back in the jersey. See what see what happens. I want to see if if we put him back on the field. What happens if he gels with the team again, where he fits into everything, and especially with any changes that we've made in the roster since he last played. I'd just like to see what happens and what he does. And I think that another another look and another call up absolutely is warranted right now. It would be good to sort of see him in a position where he's getting decent service instead of yeah. whatever is, is happening with him at Groningen right now. Absolutely. So, you know, I have him on my roster. I'm glad you do too. Yeah. Um, my third name is my last striker, and it's Haji Wright. You know, we talked about MLS names. Brandon Vasquez is the other option I considered, mm-hmm. but I think it's just 
you know, yeah. Haji getting back in the squad, getting healthy, giving more tape to give to other teams in Europe, hopefully getting him a summer transfer. Yes, I think that that's a smart call-up. I'm calling up Austin Trusty, which you've already talked about earlier. Um, I think another person there in the back absolutely is positive everything, and I fully support seeing him back up. We're sort of prioritizing sort of getting looks at new players, yes. sort of starting to look at some of our new backups, see yep. who can make a push for that 2026 squad. Yep. Trusty's a name that definitely is going to be in that mm-hmm. mix. Yep. Absolutely. All right, let's go ahead and finish this out with a draft of players for our world, for our uh, Yanks Abroad Power Ranking. Um, we are going to go go ahead and draft six rounds, you know, alternating as we have done. Um, let's go ahead and take notes on this. I think you Absolutely. normally do take notes I do. on this. So, I do. Um, so, want to do rock paper scissors for first pick? Absolutely. All right. Rock paper scissors shoot. Rock paper scissors shoot. Rock paper scissors shoot. Ah! Mine. All right, um, Ellie, you are first pick off the board here. Absolutely. I will let you go ahead and go I first. Am. That was loud. Uh, yes, it was. <laughs> God, That's what you get. God and siblings getting together is always a little loud. A little bit. Um, who's your first pick? My first pick is Tim Ream. It's not moving. He's not changing. I absolutely, I don't care if he's had a bad game or not. He's the top pick and he does not move. All right, that is definitely fair. He would have been my first name as well. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take Anthony Robinson off the board first, although I'm not sure that I'm going to love that decision considering I think I know who you're going to next. He's just been so good for Fulham. Starter in the Premier League. um, An excellent player. Yep. And I'm taking Tyler Adams. Tyler Adams is another great pick. Um, Hard to argue with that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take Luca De La Torre. Ooh, okay. Um, You know, starter playing well in Spain. You just love to see these players who sort of locked in starting positions in the top five leagues. We don't have a huge supply of those right now. So Delatore is definitely a name that's really high on my list. I'm really surprised that you didn't take the one, the pick that I'm taking next, because I'm taking Cameron Carter Vickers next. Um, I'm surprised that he did not move higher up your list with as well as he is playing right now. But I, you know... That's okay. He's a name that I considered as well there. That's a great name to choose. I'm going to go to Haji right now. Um, there's just very few names who can, you know, put in a brace like that in Europe and just be um, in such good positions. So I, 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 li- I like Wright. Um, I'm looking for great things from him in the rest of this um, season with the, with his club Antalya Sport in Turkey. I think that's a great pick. I'm going to go ahead and take Daryl DK. I think with his run of form, um, I think that he's been doing very well, and I'm excited to see um, what like what he does moving forward, and I'm just glad to see him back in form. All right. Um, I think that I got to go Weston McKenney now. Um, Weston McKenney has played a lot of minutes in the Premier League in the last little bit. Um, it's hard to argue with anyone who's getting regular minutes in the Premier League as being worthy of being at the top of these power rankings because it's just such a hard league to play in and play well in that, you know, Weston McKenney is my guy here. I think that that's a great pick. I'm going to take one that um, possibly no one else would pick, but I'm going to go ahead. I'm taking Christian Pulisic off the board here. Um He's back in the squad. I'm so excited. And he looked pretty good today. And he's looked fairly good since coming back. So In his 24 minutes playing time? Absolutely. <laughs> he almost, he was right there next to the goal today. Oh, I probably would have cried if he had scored. So I'm going to go ahead and pull him off the board right now. All right. Um, you know, there's a couple different directions I can go here. I'm going to go ahead 
and take Ricardo Pepe. Um, Pepe has two goals in his last four games. Looked pretty good for Groningen, even when he's not scoring. Um, even though Groningen is not playing well, he's playing pretty well for them. So um, he's going to be my fifth pick. There are other names that I could have gone with, but I, I'm going to go that direction. That's a good direction to go. I'm going to go ahead and with my final pick, I believe it yeah. is. I'm going to end this out with Brendan Aronson. I think that um, seeing him going, coming back to the squad, finding his starting position again, and just finding that space to be a strong attacking player again, I'm excited to see it. And, you know, the sky's the limit. If he can get that his attacking play under control, if he can, you know, not get pushed off the ball as much, and if he can keep finding it close, if he can find net and continue to find those really nice pockets and those faces. I think that he is going to be dangerous. And I think that we're going to see his name pop up far more moving forward. All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take our consistent Bundesliga starter here. Um, give me um, Joe Scali as the last name off the board here. Um, a name that's sort of under the radar right now, but you know, he's playing well in the Bundesliga. So I, I am a fan of what I've seen from him. I think he's pushing for the starting job for the U S at right back. And, you know, if you're keeping an Austrian international like liner on the bench, you're doing something right. So Absolutely. props to Joe Scali for how well he's been playing. And I think that closes out our power rankings okay. for today. I think you probably got the better of the squads today. Um, so good, good drafting from you. Nicely done. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see. Maybe maybe one day we'll end up doing a, like, fantasy th- league thing, and I will get all the points off of my, that, my This squad. has been talked about in the It's Called Soccer Discord. So fun. if you want to have suggestions for how this power ranking segment goes in the near future, um, join the Discord. Link will probably be in below, um, down below in you. the description. So yeah, it's a fun time. We love our Discord subscribe our Discord members. It's fun mm-hmm. to shout them about the game. Absolutely. Um, that brings us to last word. We've talked a lot about U.S. soccer. We've caught each other up. Thank you for joining me for this. Thank um, you for having me. Yeah, um, good to see you in person. Yeah, absolutely. It's but, been a it's been a long time since we could like high five, which is cool. Yeah. Um, well, um, let's go ahead and go to last words. I'll let you go ahead and go first. Oh boy, I hadn't thought about last words yet. Um, you know, with MLS starting back up and lower league soccer coming back up, I'm gonna go back to a fan favorite of mine, which is. Y'all support your local lower league soccer teams. Support your local U.S.-based soccer team. I mean, Chattanooga Football Club is coming back into season. And I'm so excited to see them back, and I'm so excited to see all these clubs. If you don't know where the, lo- the nearest local soccer team is, you know, it might be time to give it a look. And lower league soccer is crazy and amazing and one of the most exciting things you can get involved in. So... Find your local uh, lower league soccer team and give them a give them a watch. It's That's worth your time. Wise words, Nelly, to close it out. I'm gonna go ahead and close by saying thank you guys to everyone for your support for keeping with us through all the ups and downs of life. Um, it's been a tumultuous little bit of time for us. Hopefully, we can get back to a regular schedule here soon. Hopefully, I get to talk to you next week. Maybe we can do a little bit of MLS roundup. We haven't really talked about MLS much since they came back. So, maybe we'll talk some MLS soccer um, next time we have a chat. But thank you to everyone um, for your constant support. Make sure to like, subscribe, do all the things to make sure this gets out there into the world. We love talking about soccer. We love um, that we get to do this every single week. So, hopefully, we get back to that regular schedule soon. And with that, let's go ahead and sign off for one of our longer episodes. Absolutely. Well, guys, have a good night, and we will catch you guys later.